This evening, through many Jewish households in America and in other parts of the world, Jewish families will be gathering to begin this celebration called Hanukkah. As a child growing up, my twin sister and I looked forward each year to celebrating Hanukkah. We would wait anxiously for the darkness to arrive and then would go to a cabinet in our dining room and remove our menorah and our special box of special candles. When full sundown occurred, we'd gather together and begin our Hanukkah celebration. The first night, we would light only the Shamus candle, which is the middle candle, and then we would light the first candle for the first night of Hanukkah. And then we would recite the following blessings. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, sovereign of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to light the lights of Hanukkah. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, sovereign of the universe, who performed miracles for our ancestors in those days at this time, who has kept us alive. After reading the blessings, we would use it, and each night we would say the similar blessings and light another candle. The candles would be left burning each night until they went out on their own. This simple act taught me about dedication, about, an, about my ancestors, and about the importance of ritual in our lives. The word Hanukkah means dedication and refers to the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem, according to the Maccanese victory, which uh, Amy so nicely told. You know, they only had, after consecrating the temple, they only had one enough for one oil to light for one day. And the priests decided that they would light it and hope for the best. Miraculously, it burned for eight days until fresh jars of oil could be brought, and hence Hanukkah became the night of eight nights of candle lighting for Hanukkah. As a Jew, I loved Hanukkah and celebrating it each year. The ritual of lighting the menorah and reciting the prayers is very much a part of who I am. And when I think about Hanukkah and what can I, as a Unitarian Universalist, a Jew, and what can each of you, as Universalist Unitarians, learn from Hanukkah? The following lessons come to my mind. Never be afraid to stand up for that which is right. Judith Maccabee and his band faced daunting odds, but that didn't stop them. With a prayer on their lips and in their heart, they entered a battle of their lives and they won. We also can do the same. Always increase in matters of goodness. Sure, a single flame was good enough for yesterday, but today needs to be even better. 
A little light goes a long way. The Hanukkah candles are lit when dark is falling, and perched in the doorway, they serve as a beacon for the darkening streets. No matter how dark it is outside, a candle can transform darkness into light. Hanukkah teaches us to shine outwards into our surroundings and to be a light into the world. I felt while I was growing up that every year Hanukkah would arrive just when I seemed to need it the most. When the days are at their shortest and the nights have grown unbearably long. The menorah cast its glow upon a people hungry for light. I remember a story that my grandmother told me. It was December and the year was 1938. If there were a need for a light to guide the way, it was on this cold December evening in Germany, as the eighth and final day of Hanukkah was about to begin. The Gehr family was sitting in their second-class apartment on a train headed from Berlin to Holland as they watched the winter sun slip behind the horizon. They could still hardly believe they had managed to obtain an American visa and were now finally on what they prayed would be an uneventful journey to freedom. Judah and Regina Gere and their two children, Arnold and Ruth, spent the duration of the train ride staring out the window, nibbling on sandwiches, reading, dozing, and trying to behave as if the world were still a normal place. But unlike most of other passengers, the Gere family remained acutely aware of the dangers that awaited them as the train approached the German-Dutch border. There, Nazis, German police, officers of the Gestapo would all be present for a final check of passport and travel papers. For Judah Gear, however, there was an additional heaviness that weighed on his heart. As an Orthodox Jew and a cantor, his whole life had been devoted to following the ways of the Torah. Yet here it was, almost nightfall, when the flames of Hanukkah, menorah, should have been rising to spread their light, and he was forced to sit quietly in his seat with only the harsh glare of a naked bulb to illuminate the graying sky. Surrounded by strangers, he was afraid to strike a match or recite a blessing for fear of calling undue attention to himself and to his family. Regina Gare, sensing her husband's inner struggle, tried to reassure him that God, who sees and knows all, would surely understand the situation and no doubt grant him more Hanukkahs to celebrate properly. Judah remained, nodded gracefully, but did not seem comforted. In a place and time of such spiritual darkness, the light of the menorah seemed more important than ever, especially on this, the eighth night of Hanukkah. Under these dangerous circumstances, how could he possibly light the menorah? But then again, how could he possibly not? Judah turned the issue repeatedly in his head as the train continued onward. Suddenly the train screeched to a halt at the German-Dutch crossing, where it sat in the station for the longest ten minutes of Judah's life. As the border police and the Gestapo prepared to check everyone's documents, 
He felt his wife's body go still next to his, and even his children sat frozen in fear. One wrong answer, one nervous twitch could mean the difference between escape and imprisonment, between a new life and a certain death. And then it happened. A Hanukkah miracle arrived at the German border just in the nick of time. With no warning, the entire station and every corner of the train was thrust into total darkness. All the lights were extinguished at the very same instant, leaving the passengers and the approaching officers groping in darkness. Without a second hesitation, Judah seized the moment and reached for his overcoat on the luggage rack above. He put his hand into one of the pockets and pulled out a small package. And before anyone realized what was happening, he struck a match, lit a candle, and quickly warmed the bottom of eight other candles. He then planted them firmly in a neat row upon the windowsill, and in a breathless whisper, recited the Hanukkah blessings. As his family looked on in amazement, Judah carefully lit each candle and placed the ninth one off to the side. In the bright warmth of the menorah, his faith radiated joy and peace for the first time in months. Seeing the unexpected lights in the window, the Gestapo and the border police came running. The sound of their boots striking the pavement with intensified blows echoed throughout the stillness. Nevertheless, Judah continued to focus his thoughts on the Hanukkah lights, while his heart pounded as loudly and rapidly as the quickening footsteps. When the officers burst through the door, Judah was braced for the worst, perhaps even the end. However, the officers only noticed the opportunity that it provided. By the light of the flickering candles, they would now be able to clearly enough to begin checking passports and papers. And so, with characteristic Nazi efficiency, they set to work. As soon as the process was completed and they were about to leave, the chief officer of the border police turned to Judah and thanked him personally for having the foresight to carry travel candles on his trip. (laughs) Meanwhile, the Gear family sat in stunned silence for close to half an hour, unable to take their eyes off the windowsill. Just as the candles were beginning to grow dim, every light in the station suddenly flashed back on. And Judah, still in awe at what he had just witnessed, put his arm around his 12-year-old son. With tears in his eyes, he drew him close. Remember this moment, he declared softly, as in the days of the Maccabees, a great miracle had happened here. There's no mystery in understanding why Jews and perhaps most people celebrate a holiday of light at the time of winter solstice. The Yule log, the Christmas lights, the evergreen, the Kwanzaa are all cheerful reminders of hope and promise in a cycle of rebirth that will return in the spring with the new year. Another lesson of Hanukkah is that of ritual and community and how rituals help to bind together a community which in turn provides comfort for all involved. How a brave group of Jews outsmarted their SS captors illustrates this lesson. Jews slave laborers in Buchenwald were spared immediate execution only to be worked to death. There appeared to be to be two ways of surviving these camps of death, 
The first was to forget to abandon all laws of decency, respect, and trust, and fight recklessly and ruthlessly for your own skin. The second was to hang on to dear life by trying to find hope and courage beyond human power. Some of us prefer to adopt the old and tested Jewish method of finding hope and strength. Every morning and evening, 15 or 20 of us crouched together quietly to recite some parts of prayers. Some laughed and mocked us. The SS would send you to the cooler for a couple of days, yet most of those sitting at what was called the religious table joined us regularly for a prayer. As winter advanced and grew colder, life became a much more difficult, and the midday soup ceased, and we had to spend the half-hour break inside watching the Germans eating their sandwiches. The evening soup became thinner. This, in the absence of any news, about the progress of war reduced us nerves to a breaking point. When writing the little diary in which I entered the Hebrew dates, I discovered with great delight that Hanukkah, the festival of the lights, was only a few days ahead. I decided we should light a little Hanukkah lamp, even in the camp, and that this would go a long way towards restoring our morale. Our religious table group, enthusiastically about the idea, said yes, we should get a Hanukkah light burning. So I set out to work on the plan. I quickly realized that two problems had to be overcome. Oil had to be organized and placed in a found where the lighted wick would not be seen. And there was no lack of oil in the factory, but how could we struggle even a few drops? We were in a great spiritual as well as a physical distress, but we knew that we could get through. We developed a plan. Grunwald, who was to organize the oil, did his part. He persuaded the German officer with his machine would work better if he oiled it every morning, and this could be arranged if a small can of fine machine oil was allotted to us to be kept in our toolbox. The officer agreed, so we got our oil. On Monday evening, after working hard all day, everyone else sat down to the much-awaited portion of tasteless but hot soup. When I busied myself under the bunk to prepare my menorah, I put the oil in the empty half of a shoe-polished tin, took a few threads from my thin blanket, and made them into a wick. When everything was ready, I hastily joined the table to eat my dinner. Suddenly, as I was eating my soup, I remembered we had forgotten about matches. Everyone must leave a little soup, said the table guests. Save their portions. Within five minutes, five portions of soup were exchanged in the next room for a cigarette. The cigarette was presented to the chief cook for lending us a box of matches without questions. And so as soon as dinner was over, I made three traditional blessings, a little Hanukkah light figured away slowly under my bunk. Not only my friends from the religious table were there with us, but also many others from room joined us in humming the traditional Hanukkah songs. These songs carried us into the past, as if on a panoramic screen we saw our homes with our parents, brothers, sisters, wives, and children gathered around our homes, singing happily. That tiny little light under my bunk set out hearts ablaze. Tears poured down our haggard cheeks. By now, every single inmate in the room sat silently on his bunk, deeply meditating. 
For a moment, nothing else happened. We were celebrating the first night of Hanukkah, as we had done in all the years before our imprisonment. We were a group of religious Jewish people fulfilling our duties and dreaming of home in bygone years. Our dream ended much too soon. A roar of air raid sirens brought our minds back to reality and our legs to stiff attention. The dog, as we called the German officer, stood silently at the door. Suddenly he said, it stinks of oil in here. My heart missed a few beats as I stared down at the little Hanukkah light flickering away. Soon, the German officer silently began his search. I did not dare bend down or stamp out the light with my shoes for fear the officer would notice my movements. I gave a quick glance at the death pale faces around me, and so indeed, the dog, within a minute, would reach our row of bunks. Nothing could save us. But suddenly, a roar of sirens sounding an air raid brought the dog to a stop, and within seconds, all lights in the entire camp were switched off. Air raid, air raid, echoed throughout the camp. Like lighting, I stuffed out the light with my shoes and followed the strict camp rules. We all ran to the open ground. In delight, I grabbed the little menorah and ran out with it. This was the sign, the miracle of Hanukkah, the recognition of our struggle against the temptations of our affliction. We had been helped even in this forsaken little camp. Outside in the icy cold studded night, with the heavy drone of Allied bombers over our heads, I kept on muttering the traditional blessings of Hanukkah. The bombers seemed to be spreading these words over the host of heaven. And so, I ask each of you, as we think about these stories of light, what can we learn from the tradition of Hanukkah? What can we take into our lives? May we also come together to celebrate our community as we do each Sunday as we light a chalice. And at this time of year, may we realize that we can be and are a light to so many who are in dark. As we celebrate and take joy in Hanukkah, may we remember to be our own light to the world at this time. And may we be a beacon of light to those who are crying out. May it be so. I planned it just so that the light would come. (laughs) Our closing hymn is 235, Deck the Halls with Boughs of Holly.
we, we rededicate ourselves to the miracle of light in a season of darkness, to the miracle of trust in a time of anxiety, to the miracle of hope in a time of despair, to the miracle of faith in a time of cynicism. We rededicate ourselves to the miracle of wholeness in a time of fracture, to the miracle of courage in a time of fear, to the miracle of resistance in a time of oppression, to the miracle of peace in a time of violence. And in a time of hatred, we rededicate ourselves to the miracle of love. May it be so. Go in peace.